today's message is called When God Speaks, Discerning the Voice of God. I had this message for like a long while now because it hurts my heart to see people who have such a great gift to hear God, but how it's released sometimes. It's released in immaturity and it's released uh, not on the timing of the Lord because people right now, um, there's such a mixture of the release, and even when God speaks, that they're coming on Facebook and saying, when God says this and God said that. And I don't take lightly when I say when God says something, because that's how my leaders raised me. Like, you don't just say God said unless God said. (laughs) And the mixture comes in when there's a battle between the soul and the spirit. So there's a mixture there of people's soul and the spirit of God speaking at the same time. So I I, I began to to see this across the board in the body of Christ, and I was just praying about it, and um, I was putting this thing together and just praying into it. Um, But when you're in a desperate state, sometimes you can easily agree with what looks and sounds like God. But sometimes it may not be him talking to you. And I, I always see it like there's, there's got to be like an inner filter to a, through us with Holy Spirit of discernment and how he's speaking to us. Um, and, and because of that, there's just such a mixture. This mixture that's happening in the body of Christ right now is bringing confusion to the body of Christ. Because we're hearing people say, thus saith God. But yet it's not in the discernment of your spirit. There's something you're catching wind of that doesn't line up with your discernment of Holy Spirit. And so I have to to go back and I have to say, okay, God, uh, you've got to teach us. See, I, I have to stay in humility. I've got to stay teachable. I've got to stay Knowing that I'm, I'm a human being who sometimes makes mistakes or misunderstands something at times. And I have to know to go in humility, to go back to that place with God and say, okay, God, if I mess this up, teach me how to fix this. Teach me the solution to the problem. I never want to get to a point with my walk with God that I become prideful in a gift that I feel that I'm so solid more in my gift than I am in him. That's where the danger comes in. When I'm more grounded in my gift than I am in him. That's very dangerous. And I've been uh, asking the Lord for guidance in this, even uh, pouring the message out this morning um, and, 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 uh, and knowing it, that how important it is, what we're hearing from God has to line up with his heart towards humanity. His heart towards humanity has always been love. It started with love. It ended with love. Till this day, it's love that drives us closer to him. It's love that comes in when we're having a bad day, that comes in and and ushers in hope. See, hope and all these other great things, joy, all that's ushered into, it, it ushers in starting with love. It starts with the love of the Father, and then hope, joy, all these attributes of love come in because of the evidence of love in our life. 1 Corinthians 14, 
For God is not the author of, of confusion, but of peace. And all of the churches and the saints, we were, cre- we were always created to hear the voice of the Lord. And I have people call me and text me and email me from around the world saying uh, they want to learn how to hear the voice of God. So many people are hungry to hear the voice of God. And um, from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, we were created in the garden. They were created to hear the voice of God. There was never supposed to be any separation from us and the Lord. What, what, what does it say in the word about there's nothing that can separate you from his love? I'll look it up later and send it to everybody through the app. But because I'm just flowing with Holy Spirit right now. But there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Nothing at all can separate you. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've done. It doesn't matter um, any of that stuff because the love of God is so powerful and so deep that nothing you can say or do will stop him from loving you. I know as human beings in our own nature and our own flesh, we will tell ourselves or tell other people when they've made a mistake, sometimes we withhold love from them. Sometimes we stop our love uh, from people because of our emotions and our hurts and our wounds. But that's not the way God is. God is not on an emotional roller coaster that when you've rejected him or you've told him something that is not so nice in the, in the heat of anger, in the heat of, of, a, of being deceived or whatever it is, he's not going to say, oh, because you've messed up, now I'm walking away. You hurt my feelings. He's so grounded of knowing the love through God, his father, that he would never, ever separate that love from us. And he would never withhold that love from us. If we go to Genesis 3, 1 through 13. I want to talk to you about how this all went about. Now the serpent was cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? This is why it's important to know who God is, okay? To know that he loves you. To know that he created you with purpose and destiny. Because this is how the serpent comes, the deceiver comes. He doesn't come in <laughs> looking, you know, we're, we're going into this, this whole thing coming up in October. And I always tell everybody, you know, people that mess with the demonic, they, they don't come in looking like the demonic like you think. Sometimes they do, but not all the time. Sometimes they come in dressed differently, and you would have never known that they were tampering with stuff. And so here comes the enemy to the garden, and he tells them, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And, and, and he said, did God say? There's the question right there. Did God say? And the woman said to the serpent, we may not eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. He always speaks the contrary of what God speaks. 
For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Well, what tossed Satan out of heaven already? Can we go way back there? Because <laughs> that's the very thing that tossed Satan out of heaven was because he thought he wanted to be the same like God. He thought he was better than God. And then he got kicked out of heaven. That's what made him go. And now there's hell, right? So he comes and he says, you know, it, it will open your eyes and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit, that it was a pleasant to the eyes and a true desirable to make one wise, she took it, took, she took of its fruit and ate. That means that fruit looked really, really good on the outside. That means that it was dressed really, really well. Like if you think of the best fruit ever you could think of that you've ever had in your life, and here it is coming to Eve and saying, and here comes the enemy lying about it, saying, well, you, you, he doesn't want you to open your eyes because if you open your eyes, you're going to see good and evil with the deceiver, with the deceptive thought, right? Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew what they, that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God amongst the trees of the garden. I want to say something right there. <clears throat> it talks about how they heard God in the garden. And it talks about how when they heard God, there was a presence of the Lord in the garden with them. When God speaks, he speaks in presence. He speaks in the presence to you. He speaks when you're sitting there in worship is when he speaks to you because you're, you're worshiping the Lord and you're creating presence around you and an atmosphere of presence that that's the very place he speaks to you at. I've had people come to me and they'll say, I, I haven't heard God and, and he hasn't given me an answer and I don't know what to do. And I always tell them, get in the presence. Get in the presence of the Lord. Put some worship music on. Get in the presence of God so that way you can hear what he's telling you. And nothing else will matter at that point. Then the Lord God, let's go to verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? That who told you is huge. Every bad thought you've had in your mind, who told you that? Is it God who spoke to you? Because if it, does, if it doesn't line up with love, it did, if it doesn't line up with how the Father's character and nature is towards his beloved, towards his sons and daughters, then who told you that? Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the tree and the uh, gave of the tree and I ate it. 
And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. See, right now the Lord, the, the enemies, because the Lord is coming in so strong, the enemy will try to come too. But nobody has more power than God and the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, we don't have to bow down to the lies of the enemy. We've got to know from the very beginning we were, we were created to hear him. We were never created to be deceived. We were never created to fall for the deception. Who told you that? See, our filter in our spirit, in our Holy Spirit, our filter will be how we see God. If we see God as a person that has hurt us, wounded us, done any of those things that don't line up with his character and nature, that's how we're going to perceive him. Sometimes people have perceived God as what the church has displayed to them. And so it's a really sad situation because God in those situations of a church or a ministry isn't always, that's not his heart towards people. His heart, when those things happen in the ministry, that's not the Lord's heart towards you. The Lord's heart towards you has always been love. It scares the enemy when, he under, when you understand who you are in God. The minute that you understand that you are created to be powerful through the Lord and be used of the Lord, that you have a purpose and a destiny with him, not by yourself, but with Jesus, then the enemy gets scared of that. Have you ever noticed that the enemy always comes when you're about to, like, get a commissioning or you're about to cross over to a newness of the Lord or you're about to uh, get something great and here comes the enemy with his whispers? And he, he doesn't come to your strong points. He comes to your weakest parts inside of you. I always see it as a hook. Whatever he can hook you with, whatever's still inside of you that he can hook himself to is where he'll come in to try to deceive you. He will always make question, did God say? And that's why we cannot be uh, like double-minded. It's important like in, for, in, in uh, James... James 1, 1 through 8. Let's go read about that. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. The enemy comes in to try to cause us to be double-minded. 
And let me tell you how he does it. He comes sly, did God say. You can receive a prophetic word. Take it to the Lord and test that prophetic word. Come back. And the enemy will come to try to whisper to you, to try to steal, kill, and destroy you with your purpose and your destiny for the Lord. And he will come in and say, did God really say this to you? I promise. He always, his schemes have not changed from the very beginning. They're the same all the time. Then he makes you question in your mind if you, really, if you really heard the Lord or not. You have to be grounded in relationship with the Father and Holy Spirit in such a way that you know without a doubt, if God said something, it's going to happen. And not be shifted so quickly by when the enemy comes in and tells you something different. If he's after you to try to deceive you, don't even take it personal. It's because there's something greater of a destiny inside of you that the enemy wants to stop because it serves such a greater purpose for the kingdom of God that it's going to change lives and bring such an impact to the nations that that's why he gets scared because of your call on your life because what he has spoken already about you. Genesis 126 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Make man in my image. So who, who are we supposed to look like and sound like? Like the Lord. Whenever we don't sound or look like him, we got to do like a self, <laughs> a self, a self check. It's what I call it. If what I'm saying sounds like Jesus, I used to love those old bracelets. Like what would Jesus do? <laughs> what would Jesus respond? What would Jesus say in this situation? And those little things would help me when I first started my walk with the Lord, because I know that all I wanted to do when I first came to know the Lord is look and sound more like him that I would look more like him and sound more like him. Now, do I have it, Pat? No, none of us do. But we will, we will press on to get there. John 3, 5, 10, 3, 5. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls to his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep... He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. But sometimes we listen to the voice of strangers, and we can't anymore. And we have every right, because we are made in his image, to cause those voices of the strangers to be quiet in our lives. It's always going to be the enemy. It's not a person or people. It's the enemy himself trying to discourage you, trying to tell you lies, to make you believe something that is not true. And God is saying, you, you, you've got to know my voice that you follow me. He's a doorkeeper that opens. We always talk about the doors and the open door. 
He's going to be the one that opens the doors of opportunity for us. If we just hear his voice and let him lead us. There's honor when he speaks for one another. Like when he speaks to us, there's honor in that. Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Paul wrote these words. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard, seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I think that's a big indication for you to know if it's the Lord speaking to you or not. Do you have peace in what you're hearing? Is there peace that's upon you or is it anxiety? Is it worries? Is it burdens? Is there things trying to fall on you of heaviness? If, it, if those are things that, you are, that, that, that you're hearing a voice speak to you on, then it's not the Lord. Because it says there in Philippians that God is a God of peace and peace will be with you. If what you're hearing does not cause peace inside of you, I would go back to the Lord and say, God, this doesn't sound like you. I don't feel your peace in this. So if I don't feel peace in what you're saying to me, then I need to go back to the Father and say, okay, this must be the counterfeit. Because the counterfeit always comes before the real. And then you give that to God, your anxiety, your worries, your burdens, whatever it is he's attacking you in. And then you go back to the Father and you say, okay, now I want to hear what you have to say. Not what the adversary has to tell me. Not what he wants to try to convince me of. Did, you know, did God say? And so you, t- you go back to the Father and you say, I want to hear your voice in this. John 4, 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit will always come in truth. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you. He always comes in in truth, but truth intertwined in love. That your purpose and your destiny will begin to flourish and, and, and come about in that truth, in that love, through the Holy Spirit. Um, I remember years ago, we were in Texas, and the Lord began to show me Holy Spirit and how in Genesis it talks about how the Holy Spirit came to hover above the earth. If the Holy Spirit was there from the beginning, when earth was created, then it would be good for you to be friends with Holy Spirit. It would be a great thing to make Holy Spirit your friend. Because Holy Spirit knows all things, has been there for all things, and Holy Spirit can give a strategy and let you know when it's God and when it's not God speaking to you. (laughs) Hebrews 4.12. Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about discernment because we're talking about hearing the voice of God and discerning the voice of God. The meaning of your discernment is a spiritual guidance and understanding. 
Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrows and, a, and, a, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. <laughs> Discernment does come through the word of God. But how is your perspective of the word? Because it goes back to how do you see God? Your perspection of the word and your, your interpretation of the word has to go back to the garden where he was speaking and having relationship with them. And you have to know if it sounds like the Lord or doesn't sound like God when those things come in. And the word comes in and it begins to, look what it says there. It causes even to divide of soul and spirit. Why does it come in to divide the soul and the spirit? Because your soul can be deceiving. In your soul is where you have your hurt, your wounds. You have your emotions in your soul. Everything happens in your soul. So if he can come in and he can cause you to believe using the word of God, trying to look like it's God, he can use the word of God to cause you to believe and be deceived using the very thing that's supposed to bring freedom to you and give you a strategy for your season. And he'll come in and use it to deceive you because he's latched on to a part of your soul that is still has brokenness in it. And that's why healing is important. That's why coming to the Lord and saying, heal my soul. My soul cries out for you. My soul longs for you. Why, why, why does your soul long for him? Because he's the very thing that can bring restoration to your soul and healing to your soul and make things right in the soul portion. He has to come in and divide through his word the soul and the spirit. And then it goes on to say, is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The heart issue. Let's go there. See, people, these are things people don't want to talk about. But I'm telling you, it's time we get real. <laughs> The thoughts and the intents of the heart. Can the heart be deceitful? Yes, it can be. Let's go to Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. That is powerful. See, Holy Spirit can be telling you one thing, but because your heart loves somebody or your heart is in this corrupted relationship with somebody, your heart will deceive you because of love, because love and your perception of love isn't the same kind of love that Jesus gives us. 
So how you're brought up, what love's supposed to look like is how sometimes we'll live out our lives thinking love was supposed to be that way when it's not supposed to be that way. And then you have people in very bad situations, even in marriage sometimes, that's not safe for them because the heart is deceptful. That's why you have to take it to God and say, God, that you would mend my heart. That if my heart's broken, if I have a fence in my heart, whatever it is that you have in your heart, that God would come and restore it and mend those areas. And it's not the big events that cause your heart to be deceived, I'm telling you right now. It's the little bitty things. And then they all add up and boom, here comes the enemy using those very things to hook you with. And the Lord's like, no. No more. I remember in the beginning of my walk with the Lord, the enemy would try to come in and, and deceive me. He deceives everybody. He tries to deceive everybody. That's what he, was, that's what he ended up making himself do, right? Because <laughs> he, he gave up what God had given him. He relinquished it. And then blames all of us for something he did, right? <laughs> But I'm telling you right now <laughs> that in those moments of me trying to figure out if it was God or if it was the enemy talking to me, the one thing the Lord gave me, and I'm so thankful he gave it to me, was in Galatians. Because sometimes we're not all spiritual, right? Sometimes in our bad moments, we don't feel God. And I'm just being transparent here. When you're having a bad day... You're not always in your prayer closet. You're more flesh than you are in your prayer. Let's be real. You have a bad day, boom, all the flesh comes up. All the soulish things come up. Now you're angry and upset and you're all these things, right? Sometimes you don't feel like even praying in those moments because your soul takes over you. But see, in those moments where the flesh rises up, I always go to Galatians 5, and it helps me. Because this is something I can read into, and I can say, man, I, I can't be deceived in this. And I want to read it from the very beginning, because there's so much in that chapter. Chapter Galatians 5. Stand fast, and we're going to start in verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcised nor uncircumcised avails anything, but faith working through love. But faith working through love. Love comes and it fulfilled the law. Let's go on to verse 7. You ran well who hindered you from obeying the truth. 
This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord, that you have no other mind, but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased, and I could wish that those who trouble you would even cut themselves off. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty... Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware, lest you will be consumed by one another. That is huge right there. We are not to come against another, one another. We're supposed to be in unity in the kingdom of God. Why, why do you think God would set up something for us to devour one another? When if you read in the Old Testaments and the warfares and the things that happen, he always had the enemy devour itself. He never had the people of God like come and devour. Like It makes no sense when you think about love. Walking in the Spirit. Let's move on to verse 16. Jesus came and fulfilled it all. He came to fulfill the law. So now we live by this, by this thing called love, and now we're walking in Holy Spirit. And in verse 16 it says, I say then walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. This is the soul we're talking about. And then these are contrary to one another, so that way you don't do the things that you wish. We can't go around doing the things we want to do. We've got to take heed to the spirit of God. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Let's say this again. If you are led by Holy Spirit, you are not under the law because the cross came and fulfilled it. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. We know we're dealing with fleshly things. We know we're dealing with soulish things, which are idolatry, fornication, uncleanliness, leavenness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to be jealous of one another, envious of one another. When our brothers and sisters, they're blessed or we've seen them accomplish something great, we should be cheering them on and be excited for them. We should be excited for the kingdom of God. It's never been about us. Let's go on, on verse 22. This is my favorite part. You know, the house is a, is a house of 22 here, right? And then this is verse 22. 
Let's just connect those two real quick. <laughs> but the fruit of the Spirit, let's say it again. I want to do like a hallelujah dance. <laughs> <laughs> but the fruits of the Spirit <laughs> is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ are, are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There's so much in that. God, is it you speaking to me or is it the devil speaking to me? Who's speaking to me? There it is right there. If what you're hearing sounds like verse 19 to 21, you don't have to agree with it. You can say, devil, you're a liar, and I don't agree with you. Or you can go to 22, and here comes Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit comes in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All of these things Holy Spirit gives us. And then, ding, ding, that's Jesus. Be like, Brandy, you win a prize. <laughs> but I'm being for real. I've used this so many times. Because my flesh, I'm human. Your flesh will rise up in times. And you're not in your Shabbat and you're not in your prayer closet at the moments where somebody's attacking you or you're going through a process in your life that is hard. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I take it to Galatians and I filter it through Galatians and I go to the word that comes and it crushes the soul. And then I can be led of my spirit and I can discern, okay, this is God, this is not of God. It's very plain in those scriptures. And, I, and then I can say, well, is what I'm hearing, does it sound more like uh, verse 19 to 21, those kind of things? To be jealous towards my brother, envious, to be mad, to be angry, all these things. Does, does that sound like God? No. Okay, so then I don't have to receive it or agree with it. But let me turn the page here from my soulish rom. And let me turn the page to Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is where I need to pull from. Towards my brother, towards my sister, towards uh, family, towards anybody in your life that you have that you're having a hard time with. And then you go and you're like, oh, yep, this is what Holy Spirit is leading me to do. I got to love. I got to have patience. I got to have kindness. Because love comes and it covers a multitude of sins. That's why we choose love every time. We're talking about the voice of God. Let's go to Psalms 29, 3 through, 3 through 10. The voice of the Lord comes in many ways, but I love the way that Psalms 29 talks about the voice of the Lord. It says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, and the Lord is over many waters. 
The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, and yes, the Lord splendors the cedars of Libyan, and he makes them also skip like a calf. Libyan and Syrian, like a young wild ox, the voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness, and the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, and stripes and forest bear. And in his temple, everyone says, glory. (laughs) The Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. My greatest moment of hearing his voice, it was so crazy because um, I had no idea that the worship team was going to release this morning about friendship. And yes, this morning, actually, <laughs> it was so great. I have it here, and I'm going to try to try to find it because I was looking it up. Here it is. But the Lord this morning, somebody had given me these, you know, he talks to us all the time. We just try to listen to him. Listen to Holy Spirit. And the Lord tells me, I want you to put on your friendship earrings on. And I said, what? And he says, yeah, somebody had gifted me these earrings, and they gave me a prophetic word with it. And they said, you know, the Lord wants me to give you these earrings, and they're called friendship because he's your friend. So this morning when I got up to get dressed, the Lord says, I want you to put your friendship ring, your earrings on. Of all things, the earrings, right? Close to the ears so you can hear him. The very place that you hear the Lord is in friendship. So when they were talking about, he's your friend. See, being a friend of the Lord is a whole different picture. It talks about intimacy. Moses and Abraham were his friends. In John 15, 9 through 17, it says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. And if you do what I command, I no longer call you a servant. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything I've learned from my Father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. 
fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you, being in my fruit. This is my command, that you would love each other. He comes and he speaks to his friends through the Holy Spirit. Let's just stand. Being a friend to somebody is a very deep thing. It's so, so deep being his friend. And this morning, the Lord, he says, put your friendship earrings on so we can walk together as friends do. See, he'll never lead you astray, God and the Holy Spirit. He will touch your hand and your hand with his. And he would say, can we just be friends and walk together? <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're going through today. <laughs> he will touch your hand. <laughs> and he will say, let's walk together like friends do. <laughs> and let's have a conversation together. That's all he ever wanted from the very beginning in the garden was to be your friend. God, we pray this morning that you would just come, Lord, in your love, God. I pray that your love would come so deep to us this morning, God. Oh, that you would teach us to love one another, God, as you have loved us, God. That you would help us to understand this deep love you talk about, God. And that there's people that don't understand this love, God. I pray that you show it to them, God. I pray that they would feel your love right now, Lord. I just see the Lord like coming behind people and he's patting you on the back and he's just loving on you right now. And he's saying it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Whatever the enemy trying to lie to you about, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. And he wants to take us back to the rivers to bring us peace in our lives again. I, I just keep saying, like, maybe chaos is trying to come in. <laughs> but the Lord is giving you peace this morning. And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm shutting all the chaos down. See, when you have a friend, you know everything about your friend. You 
know what they like and don't like. <laughs> you know what makes them happy and what doesn't make them happy. He's just bringing an increase of intimacy this morning. Some of you just need to sit at his feet again. Say, just sit with me for a while. Let's just talk for just a moment. You know, solutions are going out right now. Those that are in, have been stuck in problems. God's going to give you your solution for your problem this morning. And you're like, I don't know what to do, God. Just sit with your friend for a while. He's got all the solutions for you. He's going to show you this morning for you to have your breakthrough in those things. It's crazy because I, I see it in your jobs and I see it uh, in your businesses. And <laughs> He's so faithful. If you've been going through attacks, I'm telling you it's because because of something great inside of you is coming out and it's being birthed this morning. Oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you for your love this morning, Lord. Just soak in his love this morning. <laughs> 